Welcome to the St. James Sermon Podcast. We are so glad to have you with us. Amen, amen, amen. Happy Easter! It is so great to be together as we celebrate Easter. My name is Wayne Darbone. I'm pastor here, and I'm excited to welcome you uh, this morning on this gorgeous day. Uh, if you are new and a guest here, we especially want to welcome you that this is a place where you are safe. This is a place where you are welcome. I don't know what your previous experience of a church might be, if you've had any, but I know that I want you to know that this is a place where you are welcome, where you can experience love, that you will not be judged. But we welcome you in the name of Jesus. This is an amazing community. We've, uh, I've seen that over this last year during this pandemic. During this pandemic, I've seen people step up and love each other, calling each other, reaching out to each other, making sure that no one falls through the cracks. And it's been a beautiful and powerful experience. But it's also been reaching out into the community that despite the pandemic, despite the limitations, there have been renewed efforts and ramping up of efforts to reach out into this neighborhood, to reach out into this community, to reach out into this city, and actually to reach out around the world to come alongside people who are struggling. That the ministry of St. James has just continued to show God's love and that nothing, including a pandemic, nothing stops what God is up to here. And so if you are a guest, if you are visiting, if you are here in person, if you are here online, if you're on a treadmill, if you're riding a bike or taking a walk, or if you're driving down the road, I want you to know that you are loved and that you are welcome here, and that you matter to God. And so as we dive in today, I want to dive in by reading part of the Gospel of Luke. Luke is a man who discovered Jesus later. He was a physician. He gave up his, his practice to, to begin to tell people about what he discovered about this person named Jesus. And it's in his telling of Jesus' story in Luke 24, the very end of this, that I invite you to hear, beginning with verse 36. While they were still talking, and I love this because this is Jesus' friends were still talking, because Jesus had died. He had been sealed in a tomb, but he got up and he walked out and he kept showing up in their lives, showing up when they least expected it. And they couldn't help talking about it. And while they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them. And he said to them, Peace be with you. And they were startled and frightened, thinking that they saw a ghost. And he said to them, Why are you troubled, and why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and blood and bones, as you see I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still did not believe it, because of joy and amazement now, 
he asked them, do you have anything to eat? And it, they gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and he ate it in their presence. And he said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms. That's the Old Testament. Then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. And he told them, this is what was written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Will you pray with me, please? Lord, thank you for this word. Thank you for the event that took place in these people's lives and what you want to accomplish right here in our lives. We pray, God, that your spirit would speak to our hearts from wherever we have come from and wherever we are right now that we would encounter you, the living Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. Well, I say again, Happy Easter. Let me hear you. Happy Easter. I am so excited to celebrate Easter with you, not just because of the events of this last year, but because of the depth of the meaning of Easter and what it says to the events of this last year and what we have in the months ahead. See, there are many people who have different ideas about what Easter means. And I want to just make very clear that as we celebrate Easter today, we celebrate the event, the greatest event in the history of the world. When we celebrate Easter, we celebrate the greatest event that has ever taken place in the history of the world. Whether you're a Christian or not, whether you follow Jesus or not, that's okay. It is still the greatest event that has taken place in the history of the world. More has happened as a result of Jesus' bodily resurrection than, than the result of anything else that has ever taken place. More goodness, more healing, more beauty, more wonder, more world-changing events have taken place because Jesus' bodily resurrection. And so today we celebrate Easter in the good news of Jesus' resurrection. Now you might say, well, Wayne, that's great for you, but I'm not a very religious person. I'm not a very spiritual person. That, that I'm a kind of a hands-on person. I'm a person that, that kind of sees truth in, in what we can actually see with our eyes and touch with our hands and hear with our ears, that we can smell, that we can engage our senses with. I'm, I'm, I look at truth as, as what, is, what is true that we can see with science and, and what is actual and that has happened. And I want to say, if that's where you are today, then Easter is good news for you. That Easter, and it might surprise you to hear me say this, but Easter is not ultimately or primarily a religious celebration. And you think, what are you talking about? If you go into a Hallmark store and try to find an Easter card, where do you find it? In the religious section, in the Easter section. 
But as we think about religion, sometimes people say, well, I'm, I'm more tangible. I, that uh, religion is more in our head or emotions. And I'd go so far as to say that Easter is not even primarily a spiritual celebration. Yes, it involves spiritual. It has profound implications on the spiritual. But in that first Easter, what they experienced was not a religious or a spiritual experience. They encountered the living, raised body of Jesus, life of Jesus. It was tangible. And so the good news of Easter is the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ and the hope and the meaning that gives. Because you see, the bodily resurrection of Jesus gives us something, someone, an anchor, a foundation for our faith, no matter what we experience in life, including pandemics and the challenges that we've experienced. It gives us a foundation of what we can trust when it seems like so many things are fluid. It gives us a compelling hope. It overwhelms us with the love of God and a genuine love that every heart desires. And it gives us a certainty about a hope, a living hope for what the future holds that sends us out, that helps us to make a difference. So let's look at this. First, we see that the resurrection of Jesus gives us a foundation because it actually happened. It was a historical event. And I love the way that this happens. Jesus' disciples are gathered together. His friends are gathered together in a room. And they're talking. And they knew that Jesus had been killed. They knew that Jesus had been, that he died, that he'd been sealed in a tomb. But then he kept showing up everywhere. Jesus kept showing up where people least expected. Nobody anticipated that Jesus would rise from the dead, even his best friends. I mean, he told them. He told them, they're going to kill me. They he told them, I'm going to die. He told them, on the third day, I'm going to rise again. And they must have thought, well, that's a great metaphor. I like that idea. I like that metaphor. But nobody ever has ever risen from the dead. We might be here today saying, I struggle with the idea or the belief that somebody can rise from the dead. And Jesus appeared to them and nobody expected it we're told that they're stunned they're troubled that they're frightened why are they stunned and troubled and frightened it's because nobody literally had ever risen from the dead they did not expect jesus to show up i mean even in the jewish mindset there was an idea of resurrection but it was kind of a group deal that at the end of time God was going to restore and renew creation. Why? Because the world is not how God intended. That the world for Jesus' first disciples in that first century world was filled with pandemics. Yes. Was filled with social and political unrest and confusion and polarization. Was fueled with senseless violence. And those things still exist today. 
Those realities still exist today. And the promise, the Jewish promise, was at the end of time, there would be, God would restore creation, and in that restoration of creation, there would be a group resurrection, that God would resurrect His people in this transformed and renewed and redeemed world. But nobody rises by themselves in the middle of time. Nobody rises by themselves and conquers death in the middle of history until someone did, until Jesus did. And I love how Jesus responds to their doubt and their troubles. Jesus says, look at my hands, look at my feet, use your senses, look at me with your eyes, listen to me with your ears, touch me with your hands, he says in our passage. Let your fingers run across my nail-scarred hands and feet. Look at my side. Empirical evidence of Jesus' bodily resurrection from the dead. This is not some super spiritual experience. Sometimes people will say to me, Wayne, I believe Jesus rose from the dead. And I believe he rose from the dead spiritually because he's alive in my heart. And his writings continue to have impact today. I think, well, that's great. But that was not the experience of Jesus' first disciples. That is exactly what Luke is not saying. That is exactly what Jesus is not offering them is some kind of spiritualized hope. He's showing them the bodily resurrection of his life. And Jesus gives them this evidence. In fact, not just to them. Jesus shows up again and again and again. More than 500 people witnessed Jesus who was dead but then was alive and showed up. There is more evidence of Jesus' resurrection than of many events in history that we take for granted and know is true. The Apostle Paul, maybe the most famous Christian who has ever lived, the Apostle Paul said this. He said, if Jesus did not rise from the dead bodily, then Christians, of all people, are to be most pitied. If Jesus Christ did not rise from the dead bodily, Christians are to be most pitied. Don't listen to them. Don't pay attention to the good things even that they're doing. Because it doesn't matter. They're simply following a dead spiritual leader. But if Jesus did rise from the dead bodily, everything has changed. Everything is different. There is real hope that if Jesus rose from the dead, he is who the scriptures said he would be. He is who he said he would be. That Jesus risen from the dead is Lord. Jesus is, is the Messiah. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is the Savior of the world. Jesus is the Redeemer. Jesus is our hope. Jesus is our living hope because he has risen from the dead. See, the question, I mean, let's be honest, the question is not if Jesus rose from the dead. There's overwhelming evidence that Jesus rose bodily from the dead. The ultimate question is, isn't if he rose from the dead. 
and I know in my own life experience and my interactions with others, the questions is, will I accept the fact that Jesus is risen from the dead? Because we cannot ignore it. It is not if Jesus rose from the dead, it is if I will accept the fact that Jesus has risen from the dead. Because if I accept that fact, then my life is changed. My life is transformed. That there is hope in the world. But we refuse and we resist and we hesitate because if he has risen from the dead, then our best and only option is to surrender our lives to him. So we have the greatest event that's ever taken place in the history of the world. But it's not just that Jesus is risen from the dead. It's why did Jesus rise from the dead? Why did Jesus die on the cross and rise from the dead? And I love this next section of the passage. In verse 40, it says, Jesus showed him his hands and his feet. And while they still did not believe, it was now because of joy and amazement. Have you ever gone from that shift where you think, I just don't believe that. I just don't believe that. Are you kidding? That's real. That's amazing. I mean, that's like the last half second of a Final Four game where an incredible shot is made from a third of the court away, swishing the net, taking Gonzaga into the the championship game. Can you believe that? With joy and amazement, people are stunned. It's like the Rockies having their first home opener at home on the opening day of the season, inviting in the World Series champion Dodgers and winning the game with joy and amazement. It is that feeling of joy and amazement when the doctor gives the prognosis that the future is bleak, the chances of surviving are very bleak and unlikely, and yet you make your way through and come out on the other side with joy and amazement. Disbelief with joy and amazement. And that's how the disciples felt. They suddenly realized, Jesus, it is you. You are alive. And then Jesus says the profound, amazing question, do you have something to eat? I love that. Talk about bodily resurrection. Do you have something to eat? Do you have any leftovers? This dying for the sins of the world and rising again has left me famished. I'm hungry. And they give him some broiled fish, and the eleven sat around him, mesmerized, watching him do what they do every day, eating food, because Jesus has risen from the dead. Here's the thing. Eating in first century Jewish culture is still today in Jewish culture, even in our culture, sitting down and eating with somebody has to do with connection, has to do with relationship, has to do with intimacy. That when you sit down and you share a meal, you get to know each other. And a relationship is formed and deepened. That's why people, when they date, they go out for dinner or they go out for a meal to begin to get to know each other. That there is relationship there. Why did Jesus die on the cross? Why did Jesus rise again? Because he could not fathom the idea of spending eternity without you. 
Jesus died and rose again because he could not fathom the idea of spending eternity without you. He wants a relationship with you. You and I have been made for a relationship, a dynamic relationship with the living God that only Jesus can offer because he is risen from the dead. You see, the Bible tells us that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have separated ourselves from God saying, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to go my own way. And we've alienated ourselves from God. We've alienated ourselves from other people. We've even alienated ourselves from ourselves. When Jesus' disciples saw that Jesus died on the cross and maybe some of them heard him say, it is finished. I'm sure some of them thought, I'm finished. He's finished. We're finished. This is finished. And maybe some of you are feeling that way today. In light of the pandemic and other challenges and struggles, and you found yourself at your wit's end, and you say, I'm just done. Maybe it's in a relationship. Maybe it's in circumstances or health. But when Jesus shows up, when he rises from the dead, he says, I'm just getting started. I'm just getting started. I rose so that you can have eternal life. And so the wages of sin is death, Romans 6.23 tells us, that Jesus took our place on the cross. Jesus didn't have to die. He was without sin. But he who was without sin became sin for us in order that we can become the righteousness of God, that we can have that relationship with God. He took our sin on him, our brokenness, all that we've done to separate ourselves from ourselves and others and especially him. And he's taken that on himself in order that we can have a relationship with God, that we can enter into that relationship with God, not just for now, but forever. You see, it's one thing to know that Jesus is risen. It's another thing to know the risen Jesus. It's one thing to know Jesus is risen. It's another to know the risen Jesus. And he wants to come into your life. He wants to transform your life. He wants to give you hope. In a few minutes, we're going to share a meal together, a meal where he is the host, inviting us to intimacy with Jesus. But Jesus doesn't leave them there. Jesus says, oh, and not only this, but there's more. And that I want to give you hope as you move out. Jesus tells them that, th that what has happened is exactly what Scripture said would happen. And that now that I am risen, you are going to receive what the Father promised. You're going to receive the Holy Spirit. That my Spirit is going to reside in you. You feel weak. You feel like you're done. You feel like you're at your end. Jesus says, I am sending my spirit to empower you to share this good news to the world. As the, as the pandemic begins to move toward its end, as people get vaccinated, the need for hope has not diminished. That Jesus gives us purpose with his resurrection. He sends us out saying, tell other people that they can know that I am risen, that I am alive, and that I am coming back. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1, he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. And this incomparably great power for us who believe 
the power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the heavenly throne. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead can fill your life today. You see, the resurrection of Jesus is the greatest event that has ever taken place in the history of the world. And it didn't just happen 2,000 years ago. But the reality of the resurrection, the reality of deep faith that becomes a foundation for us, the reality of God's love that despite our brokenness, despite our sin, despite our unworthiness, he says, I love you with an everlasting love. Nothing can keep me from loving you. And with the hope, the living hope that he gives us, with the certainty of the promise that he has that he will restore everything, redeem everything, and raise us up with him. It's not only that Christ is risen, you can be risen today too. So I want to invite us as we, approach, as we prepare to approach the table on this Easter. Where are you at in your relationship with Almighty God? I'm not saying how religious are you. I'm not saying how spiritual are you. I'm saying, do you have a dynamic relationship with the living God? Or maybe that relationship has waned. Maybe the pandemic has made your soul sick more than your body sick. And you want to renew your relationship with God. And I want to invite you to do that today. There's no better day than Easter Sunday to make this the, the first day in the rest of your life. Jesus was raised on the first day. Let this maybe be the first day in your life. Or maybe you've never given your life to God before. I've got this. I'm not a religious or spiritual person. I'm more of a hands-on person. Well, this Jesus is hands-on, and he's hands-on for you. And I want to invite you to give your life to him today. To enter into that relationship with him today, knowing that your life is anchored in what he has accomplished, not what you've accomplished. That your life is rooted in a love that is beyond what we can imagine. And he wants to overflow your life with his love. Maybe you feel unlovable today and God says, I love you. And maybe you're ready for that future and certainty that you can move out today and this week and this month and in the opening of our world after the pandemic and, yes, the promise of heaven, rising with Jesus. Let this be the day. Let today be the day of salvation. Would you join me in prayer? Almighty God, thank you. Thank you for the joy of Easter. Thank you that you did what you promised, that we can count on you, that we can place our faith in you, that we have faith, hope, and love. Lord, thank you for your love that meets us. You know everything about us. There isn't anything that we have done or not done, said or not said, any disappointment that we've experienced or brought on ourselves or others that you are not aware of, and yet you stop at nothing in your love for us. And Lord, you rose to give us a certain future, a living hope that this is not all there is to life, but that you promise eternal life. And so, Lord, as we contemplate the reality of that incredible gift, we ask that your Spirit would move right now. If there's anybody 
who wants to renew their commitment to you today. Just right from where we're seated, Lord, we raise our hand and we say, Lord, I want to renew my commitment to you. Thank you for what you've done on the cross. Thank you for your resurrection. Thank you for the life that you give. Lord, thank you. Yes. 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 Thank you, Lord. And if there's anybody who's never given their life to Jesus and just saying, God, I'm, I'm not even that religious of a person, but I want to trust my life to you because you rose from the dead. I, I don't know all of there, that there is to know, but I know that you rose and I want to trust you with my life. I invite you just simply to offer yourself to him now. You can put your hand up to say, Lord, here I am. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Lord, thank you for the ways that your grace is being poured out. Thank you, Lord. As your word says, angels rejoice in heaven. And so, Lord, as we approach this table, we join those disciples in that room when you said, Lord, you know, you said, do you have anything to eat? And yet now you are the host offering us yourself. We give you thanks, Jesus, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. St. James is a Presbyterian church located in Littleton, Colorado. Find us on the web at www.sjprez.org or email us at contact at sjprez.org.